You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Zag, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. I'm your host as always, Stephen Carr. You can follow me on Twitter, at SCargo, and you can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked On Zags. Today is Thursday, April 15th, and after a week of chaos, Tommy Lloyd will be the new head coach of the Arizona Wildcats after all. Today on the show, we'll talk about Tommy and his impact on Gonzaga and where the Zags go from here. And then we'll also continue our player reviews from the season, and we'll talk about Aaron Cook and Sierra Walker, two senior transfers who had big impacts this year. Before we get to the Tommy talk, here are a couple other quick news and notes. Tuesday was the start of the late signing period in college basketball. Hunter Salas signed his letter of intent to play in Spokane in the fall. According to 24-7 Sports, he is the highest rated recruit in school history, and he would be surpassed if Chet Holmgren commits to Gonzaga, which is still expected, but we still have no idea when. Uh, with his season is over now, so with his season out of the way and all of his awards that he's won are out of the way, uh, you got to expect there's going to be some sort of date set incredibly soon, so we'll keep an eye out on that. The other major news is going to be official probably later today is that the one-time free transfer rule will become official. So players, not just in basketball, but in, in most sports, will be able to change schools without having to sit out a season, which is why in college basketball, there's currently close to 1,400 players in the transfer portal. Um, the big thing to note here is that there is a set date on when you must decide on whether or not you're going to transfer. So for this offseason only, it's going to be July 1st. So you have to declare whether you're transferring or staying in school by July 1st. And then after this season, um, going into next offseason, and for the foreseeable future after that, that date is going to be May 1st. So all players starting next offseason, they're going to have to decide whether or not to transfer and make that decision by May 1st, which is going to make April after the national championship every single year, pretty chaotic. But I think it also helps coaches to have a little bit better idea what the roster situation is. um, And they kind of know that there won't be any last minute summer transfers. So like Jordan Matthews, when Jordan Matthews came to Gonzaga, I think he, he transferred like in July and Gonzaga got him in like either late July or early August. So that's not going to happen anymore. Transfers will all be known by May 1st. Uh, most seasons from now on. This season, every transfer will be known by July 1st, and teams can kind of fill out the rosters from there. Okay, now let's get to the news that none of us wanted to happen. Tommy Lloyd is going to be the new head coach of the Arizona Wildcats. He signed a five-year contract, reportedly, um, despite just an absolute mess of a coaching search. Uh, He immediately becomes the youngest coach in the Pac-12 at age 46, And so before I give some of my own thoughts on this, I will let Gonzaga Athletic Director Mike Roth get the first word. This is what he told Jim Meehan of the Spokesman Review on Wednesday. Quote, Tommy is a great coach and he's going to be a great head coach. They have hit a home run. Tommy will be successful, I have no doubt. That's why we committed to him here. Arizona is getting a great coach. More importantly, they're getting a very special individual and family. 
Outside of Mark Few, there's nobody that's been more important to our success over all of these years than Tommy Lloyd. I don't think that's disputable. Okay, and now here's a bunch of my thoughts. We know that Tommy's international recruiting helped bring Gonzaga to new levels, right? You can, I mean, name, uh, the list goes on and on and on, right? Rody Turioff, DeMontis Sabonis, Shimmer Karnowski, Joel Eyei, I mean, just list a bunch of names. Um, and he also helped with a bunch of domestic recruits too, right? He had a really good relationship with Adam Morrison. He was super instrumental in Dan Dickow's transfer and his development. So the recruiting success of Tommy Lloyd, I mean, that's been talked about at length. But what I want to talk about is his impact on Gonzaga's system. Traveling around the world and studying different types of basketball has had a huge impact on Gonzaga's growth the last decade because their ball screen heavy offense that they've basically seemed to perfect over the last five years or so, that has had a huge Tommy Lloyd fingerprint all over it. The concepts that they play with are straight out of European basketball. So that transition that they had from kind of motion offense to ball screen offense that kind of started in the Kevin Pangos era, a lot of that had to do with Tommy Lloyd. He's been Mark Few's right-hand man in terms of adjustments, in terms of implementation, both on the offensive and defensive end for just years and years and years. Uh, and I think there's just so many little things that he does that people don't realize, uh, like managing substitutions, running practices, developing redshirt players. Um, so there's there's more than just recruiting to Tommy Lloyd that Gonzaga is going to miss. And to be honest, I don't think at this point that Gonzaga necessarily needs a heavy international recruiting presence anymore because Brian Michelson and Roger Powell are I mean, they're basically elite domestic recruiters at this point. So uh, I think the biggest impact will be on the X's and O's because they're losing an incredible basketball mind with a wealth of knowledge. And now he's going to take all of that to Arizona where he's walking into uncertainty uh, and possible sanctions and an alumni base who, quite frankly, a lot of them didn't want him to be hired. So... Uh, they really have no idea how good Tommy is, and that's a shame. And I'm sure once Tommy starts winning games though, there, they will probably change their tune, and I hope they do, because um, I would love to uh, have Tommy show them that they were wrong. So I had um, I had a little birdie in my ear on Tuesday afternoon uh, that told me that Rem Backmus is likely going to be on that Arizona staff, and then shortly after the announcement on Wednesday, Ryan Collingwood of the Spokesman Review tweeted out the same thing. So it looks like Ram and Tommy probably going to be reunited in Tucson. And it's going to be interesting to see who else Tommy takes to fill out his staff. I would be fairly shocked if he did not take some of Gonzaga's like operations and guys with him. Guys like TJ Benson. Um, I, I highly doubt that Brian Michelson or Roger Powell go anywhere. Which means both of them should move up a chair in command. And so that leaves one open assistant spot at Gonzaga. And to be honest, I don't know who they're going to get to fill that chair. Uh, they call they could call up Stephen Gentry, who's at Illinois. They could call up John Jacobs, who just helped Baylor win a national championship. Uh, they could bring them back into the fold. Kyle Bankhead, uh, he was on staff. Uh, he's been on staff the last few years over at UNC Greensboro. Their head coach, Wes Miller, just got hired on Wednesday to be the new head coach at Cincinnati. So maybe they could bring in Kyle Bankhead to be that third assistant. 
But they could also completely go outside the GU family and hire somebody else entirely. Who knows? Um, I guess we'll just kind of wait and see. Mark Few is obviously very well connected, so he's going to make uh, him and Mike Roth will make the right hire there. But if guys like you know TJ Benson or if like a Jorge Sands, if they end up leaving with Tommy, I wouldn't be surprised to see Gary Bell Jr. move up to be kind of a director of ops or um, like a video coordinator type of position. Uh, but it's going to be really interesting to see how both the Arizona staff and the Gonzaga coaching staff shakes out once all of this is is uh, all said and done. Uh, one of the other things to consider here also is that uh, Mark Few doesn't like to play his former assistants. So Gonzaga's home and home series with Arizona that's supposed to resume this coming season most likely is going to end up being canceled uh, depending on what the contract language is. So I would imagine a replacement game is is in the cards. Uh, I, I know a lot of people would love to have a home-and-home home series with UCLA pick back up. They had that in, I believe, like the 15-16 season, something like that. And obviously they just played a historic Final Four game. So having that on the schedule this coming season would be pretty awesome. So we'll see if that actually happens. Um, I, I just the, the bottom line here for me is that I'm rooting for Tommy Lloyd. I think he's just a, a phenomenal coach. He's been as instrumental in building Gonzaga as anyone else. And it would be fantastic for West Coast basketball as a whole uh, if he makes Arizona a top-tier program again. So I'll miss him standing in the corner at the end of every close game on, on offensive possessions. I don't know if he'll be able to do that as a head coach now, but I hope he does. Uh, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, go ahead and read the article. Uh, I'll put it in the podcast description, and you can watch videos of Tommy Lloyd get up and go stand in the corner behind the backboard uh, when Gonzaga has offensive possessions in a close game. So shout out to Tommy Lloyd, Gonzaga legend, and an end of an era in Spokane. Tomorrow on the show, Dan Dickow is going to join us, and we're going to talk more about Tommy's incredible impact. So stay tuned for that tomorrow morning. Coming up next on today's show, uh, we are going to talk about Sierra Walker, the lefty sharpshooter who transferred in from Vanderbilt. She had a ton of big shots for Gonzaga this year, and she is going to return uh, next year for her extra year of eligibility. And then we're going to finish the show talking about Aaron Cook and if he might also take advantage of that extra year of eligibility. But first, a minute to talk about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's talk about Sierra Walker. She came in as a transfer from Vanderbilt, sat out all of last season, uh, and came in and kind of filled that role that Katie Campbell left behind of lefty, sharpshooter, 
who also defended the uh, you know the opponent's best guard, and so she did a very good job at that. Um, she had some big moments throughout the year. She started the season uh, with a 13-point performance with seven rebounds against the number one team in the country of South Carolina. Um, and, and she played really, really well the first few weeks. And then her scoring kind of dipped as the season went along. Um, and she kind of became more just a three-point specialist as opposed to kind of a well-rounded scorer. And I'll talk about that again in just a second. But... She had some huge moments um, in their home game against BYU late in the season. They uh, needed two late threes from her that iced the game uh, and won it for them. Uh, and then against Santa Clara in the WCC semifinals, Gonzaga was in a tough battle the entire time. And Sierra Walker was the one who ended up hitting uh, you know, two or three big shots at the end of that game to send Gonzaga to the WCC title game. She had 13 points in that one. And so... Um, she started every game for Gonzaga, so she was a huge factor for them, and she's going to be a huge factor for them again next year. She was third on the team in minutes played this year. She led the team in threes made. She led the team in three-point percentage. She didn't get to the line much, but when she did, she was 14 for 15. She had the fewest turnovers of anybody on the team. Uh, she was fourth in steals, so she does a lot for them, but she's going to need to do more going into next season. She has said that she's going to come back next year for extra year of eligibility. And with Jill Townsend gone, Jen Worth gone, their two leading scorers, they're going to need Sierra Walker to become a more well-rounded scorer, something more than just a three-point threat or a three-point specialist. So she's going to have to expand her game. She's going to have to be more of a driver, more of a finisher, more of a distributor, uh, more of just an overall playmaker. And kind of get her scoring up from, you know, six or seven points a game and hopefully average double figures. Um, technically, this is her third year or will be her third year in the program since she had a redshirt year last year and then played this season. And it's going to be her sixth year overall in college basketball. So she's going to be looked up to as a team leader. So not only is she going to have to take on more of a kind of well-rounded scoring role, but she's also going to have to take on a larger leadership role. And I think she'll be up to the task because having that kind of experience, having that kind of shooting on the roster next year is going to be hugely beneficial. Um, and hopefully it's enough for Gonzaga to stay atop the WCC and give them a chance to win games in the uh, NCAA tournament. So Sierra Walker going to be a starter again next season. She's going to be potentially their second or third leading scorer, or at least that's what they hope. Um, but at the very least, she's one of the best shooters in the country. She shot the ball 40% this year. She was one of the best three-point shooters in the SEC in her time at Vanderbilt, um, and she is a tenacious defender. So at the very least, she's going to be that three-point specialist and the defender that, that takes on the opposition's best guard. But for Gonzaga to really, really succeed next season with everything that they're losing this offseason – Walker is going to need to become a more well-rounded uh, overall offensive threat than just a three-point specialist, and I think she will be up to the task to do so. Coming up, we're going to end the show talking about Aaron Cook. He came to Spokane expecting one role, and he ended up having a completely different one because of circumstances completely out of his control, but he took it all in stride, and he never complained, 
And I think that's extremely hard to do and deserve some praise. So we'll talk about Aaron Cook in just a second. Before we get to that, Gonzaga, no longer the favorite to win the national title next year. They were the favorite in Vegas uh, as soon as the national championship game ended this year. Villanova, now the favorite to win the national championship. If you want somewhere to bet on that, betonline.ag is the place to go. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA and the NHL, they're in full swing, approaching the playoffs. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive 50% welcome bonus for your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code Locked On. Football fans, tune in April 19th through the 26th and listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger, and Michael Lombardi. Our local experts from every team will be making trades and picking the next stars for their team. Follow the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So Aaron Cook entered this season as Gonzaga's primary backup point guard. And before he got hurt last year at Southern Illinois, he was playing some of his best basketball, putting up double figures pretty much every single night. So he came to Spokane and he was supposed to play 20 to 25 minutes as a Zag. And then Andrew Nemhard got cleared to play about two days before the season started, and everything changed for Aaron Cook. He became third point guard, and his minutes dropped from, you know, probably closer to 25 minutes, and it dropped him into the teens. And so not once did we hear Aaron Cook complain about that. Not once did we see him get frustrated about it on the court. He, he, I mean, he really did buy into this culture the minute he stepped on campus and he provided some enormous moments throughout the season the game in Moraga against St. Mary's comes to mind first and foremost I think Um, Gonzaga was struggling in that game to do really much of anything at all and Cook comes in gets a couple steals a couple layups and, and he really just gives the Zags a huge spark about midway through that first half I think it lit a fire under them and kind of gave them what they need to to pull away and get the win in that game. And then two weeks later, he did it again at Pepperdine when he scored 15 points and had a huge outburst in that first half that kind of got them going. And then towards the end of the year, I think he he had arguably the best dunk of the year uh, against San Diego um, at home where he just postered some poor kid on a fast break. And that was right after he had a big dunk on a fast break right, or on a baseline drive right before that. So he had back-to-back dunks uh, that just kind of showed off his explosiveness. And then in the NCAA tournament, you know, he didn't get as many minutes as usual. It was more in the 8 to 12 range just because of the, the limited rotation and the starters played more. But he hit two threes against uh, USC in the Elite Eight. That were two huge shots. And then he played, I think this kind of went unnoticed, but he played some quality minutes in the first half against UCLA that that kind of went uh, underrated. So I think all this is to say for me that Aaron Cook deserves a lot of praise. He took on a diminished role uh, than what he thought was going to happen coming into the year, and he just ran with it. And he contributed defense. He contributed energy when he was in the game. And now the question is, 
does he want to come back next year and probably get, you know, close to those 20 minutes a game? The roster next season needs one more experienced guard. And Cook fits that mold perfectly, right? He's been in the system. He knows what's expected. He can take some pressure off of Dominic Harris and off of Hunter Salas, who are both going to be playing heavy minutes at the college level for the first time. So we'll see what he decides. Uh, My instinct says that he's not going to be back. It's going to be his sixth year in college. He's already 23 years old. If I were him, I mean, I would imagine... I'd want to start a career, whether it's playing basketball or doing something else. And I, I do think he can play professionally somewhere. I mean, a bunch of Gonzaga guards the last couple of seasons are tearing it up overseas right now. And to be honest, Aaron Cook has just as much, if not more, ability than some of them. So if he wants to go play basketball and make some money right away, nobody's going to blame him. And if he wants to come back, to Spokane and try to help Gonzaga win their first national championship. He will obviously be welcomed back with open arms by everybody involved. So we'll see what happens with Aaron Cook. But if this was his only season in Spokane, I think he deserves a lot of praise for taking on a diminished role and contributing greatly for the you know 10 to 15 minutes that he played per night. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Tomorrow, it's another five-star Friday, and we have a five-star guest coming on the show. Dan Dickow joins the podcast. He's going to talk about Tommy Lloyd, his impact on both him personally and Gonzaga as a program. We're also going to continue our player reviews by talking about point guards. Andrew Nemhart, Kaylee Trong, both of them will be fully in charge of everything next season. So we'll break down what they did this year and look ahead to what's next uh, for them next season. It is a loaded show tomorrow for Friday's episode. Don't forget you can rate and subscribe to this podcast. Please leave a review with your Gonzaga story. Why do you love Gonzaga? Why do you root for Gonzaga? What does Gonzaga mean to you? I will read them tomorrow and every Friday on the show. You can follow me on Twitter at scargo. That's at S-K-A-R-R-G-0. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnZags. If you want to email the show and you don't do social media, feel free to do so. You can do so at LockedOnZags at gmail.com. Everybody, enjoy your Thursday. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning. It is a great day to be a Zag.